0: Hello and welcome to the Natural Academy podcast. Today on episode number two we're going to be talking about all things digestion and how to optimize it.
1: First a quick word from our sponsor Natural Blocks. Natural Blocks make high quality blue blocking glasses which are designed to block the wavelengths of light that are most uh, detrimental to your health. So there's two options. Daytime energy glasses which are excellent for screen use um, to give you more energy and prevent some of the the side effects of staring at a screen all day so headaches fatigue uh, eye strain all that sort of stuff and then our recently launched nighttime sleep glasses which are designed to optimize your sleep so they block the entire blue spectrum and optimize your melatonin release so you get a a restful sleep at night okay let's dive into the show
0: all right so digestion dr Chell, tell us why digestion is important let's get the the boring stuff out of the way (laughs) all
1: right so, so I'm going to do the boring stuff. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, so digestion at a very basic level is important because we need to absorb nutrition from the food that we eat, which uh, plays a major role in all of our cellular processes. So um, a lot of people say you are what you eat, but I would actually argue that you are what you eat, digest, and absorb. So it doesn't necessarily matter what you eat if you're not actually absorbing that nutrition. So digestion is very complex. We're not going to get into all the small details about it but basically we want to have a strong digestive system so that we can fully absorb the nutrition that we're taking in and use all of that to um basically for our bodies to function properly
0: yeah so in practice uh we often see people coming in with digestive complaints uh the things that you you would think about you know bloating diarrhea or constipation uh, maybe GERD or heartburn um, but what people often don't realize is there are many many other symptoms associated with with a decreased digestive function um, as well that don't actually you know relate to a digestive symptom um that you would commonly think of something that comes to mind for me is body aches. Sometimes people have some overall Mm -hmm. inflammation in their body and, and their body is just aching and it's not necessarily arthritis. Um, and what it comes down to is some, they're eating some inflammatory foods or their digestion just isn't, At the point where they're able to digest foods properly, and what this is causing is systematic inflammation. Another symptom that I commonly see is fatigue, um, brain fatigue, or or just a a general like lethargy. Uh, This is this is often resolved with uh, tweaks to the digestive system.
1: Yeah, definitely, lots of brain fog. I see that commonly, and a lot of people don't put those together because, like Marissa said, it's not always a digestive symptom necessarily, but once you have inflammation going on in the gut, that can often translate into systemic inflammation. And from there, basically anything's possible. So, um, it is, it is very common for people to have those issues and especially food sensitivities, which, so one thing that I'm seeing a lot, and I'm guilty of this myself, um, too, is we start to cut out more and more foods thinking that the food is the issue, but oftentimes it's actually a weak digestive, um, digestive system that's causing the problem. So we should be fairly resilient in what we, we can eat. So a lot of people are on like carnivore diets these days or, um, you know, strict elimination diets for prolonged periods of time. And that can be helpful in the short term, but ultimately we should be able to tolerate more of these foods. And it's, a, it's more of a digestive system problem than the foods, if that makes sense
0: yeah no it does because i think a lot of people do end up switching to let's just say a vegan diet that's very mm-hmm. common that someone says i went vegan and now i feel so good my digestion has never been better my energy has never been better and then they start to preach that that is the answer for everyone and i think that what's missing is that yeah they they restricted some of some of their food foods and and maybe that helped a little bit in the long term but then if you don't actually fix um the digestive system over, over time, you know, you, you talk to people who are on these restrictive diets, and it, it worked for maybe a, th- a few months, maybe a year, maybe mm-hmm. even a few years, but eventually it it stops working, right? So that's what we always have a problem with, people being very dogmatic in the way that they prescribe um, food and digestive um, think This is how you should eat, period, because it doesn't work for everybody, and a lot of the times it doesn't actually address the underlying digestive system.
1: Yeah, for sure. So basically our goal as, as naturopathic doctors is to try to figure out um, what the root cause of the issue is. And like we're talking about oftentimes, it's just not enough of that digestive fire. So a lot of traditional medicine um, systems, so such as Ayurvedic medicine, they place such a huge emphasis on your digestive fire. Or in Chinese medicine, they talk about your, your spleen and stomach qi, the ability for you to um, basically break down whatever you're, you're eating and transform that into energy and nutrition for the body. So, how do we do that? how do How do we optimize our digestive function and get that digestive fire stoked, so to speak?
0: Yes, okay, so we're at the best part of the podcast where we talk about solutions. Um, so I would like to start. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, uh, Dr. Chell and I, we're going to break it down into three different categories. Basically, we're going to start with, uh, when to eat, uh, then we're going to move on to how to eat. And then finally, we're going to finish with what to eat. So when we talk about when to eat, it's really important because as Dr. Chell is saying, uh, we have a digestive fire. You can actually think of it like a fire that when you put in, you know, different, when you're cooking over a fire, you need that heat to really like uh, cook and break down the, new, the, the food in order to make it uh, more absorbable in the system. So when you think of your digestion as a fire, you can actually relate it to the sun as well. So when the sun is up, our digestive fire, our yang in the body uh, is at its highest. So it can actually, that is when we're meant to be digesting. And that is when our digestion is at its optimal. Even if you do have a weaker digestion, it is much stronger during the day while the sun is up uh, versus after the sun goes down. So um, that's important for for, um, the digestive fire But also, it's so important to to recognize that after the sun goes down, our body actually physiologically shifts into different different functions. So while the sun is up, our cortisol is being released. And that is where um, our body is in this, this digestive state. But then after the sun goes down, our body isn't meant to be digesting anymore. Now it turns into this detoxification process, which we'll get into that a lot more in a different podcast when we talk about light. But that's another reason why it's so, so important to eat with the, with the sun. Um, a, so that your, your digestion is optimal, but B, so that when the sun goes down, your body isn't forced to continue to digest and then sacrifice some of the detox. Processes that are meant to happen after the sun goes down. Yeah,
1: and just to um, say that another way. So, uh, obviously, a lot of these ancient traditions and traditional forms of medicine they knew about this stuff, um, which is quite remarkable. But now, in the last few years, we've become a lot more familiar with uh, circadian rhythms, and we talk about that a lot because we place such a um, emphasis on on your light environment, which a lot of people. Uh, neglect. But all of this ties in and basically your circadian rhythm is your 24-hour internal body clock. So at different times of day, it performs different functions, just like what Marissa was saying. And our circadian rhythm is most optimized to be digesting food, particularly um, earlier on in the day. So there's a little bit of debate whether you should be having like a massive breakfast right first thing in the morning or not. But I think it is important to have some food early on in the day, and especially um, midday, like Marissa was saying. So at at solar noon, when the sun's the highest, that's when you should be having your largest meal of the day. And a lot of us have it backwards in modern society. Um, I think there's a lot of benefits to things like intermittent fasting and, and, um, you know, giving your digestive system a break, which we will talk about. But what a lot of people do is they skip their breakfast, um, sometimes they have like a smaller lunch and then they have this massive dinner often late at night and then they go to bed and their body's trying to digest all this food, which is a very energy intensive process. And then that takes away from the benefits of sleep. Like Marissa was saying, all the detoxification, the repair, the regeneration. So you want to be eating more of your food during the day. And just as a general rule, when the sun is up, you should be eating. When it's dark, you shouldn't be eating.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we see that all the time and often people come in with sleep sleep disturbances too and they're eating yeah. up until, you know, their last meal of the day is is dinner and it's until, you know, at six thirty, seven o'clock PM. Mm-hmm. But then comes all the snacks and, and things and that, that still counts. <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure. And your body's trying to wind down, but you're giving it the signal that, you know, it's still performing a daytime function. So you wanna be very cognizant of that. And this this stuff gets overlooked. So people like to only focus on what they're eating, but they don't think about you know, Mm -hmm. when they're eating, which I would say is is just as important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, often people come in asking, you know, for supplements, Uh, what supplements should I take to fix my digestion? But Mm -hmm. what we often provide is this type of information and it sounds so simple and it can easily be overlooked because it it is very, you know, simple on paper. It it isn't necessarily simple if you are an evening snacker and and then you try and implement this. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's so, so worth it. And, And it's important to give this stuff a try because, you know, the the solution o- isn't always in a bottle. It, it, often the solution is just resynchronizing with the rhythms of nature and how nature intended us to live. Um, and then you just kind of watch the, r- the rest unfold. And it, it, the results are quite amazing.
1: Agreed. Okay, next. Um, so another point to remember about when you're eating is to eat when you're hungry. So in today's world, it's a big issue because we have constant access to food. We have refrigerations, we have food, uh, uber eats like we have constant constant food intake and especially now that people are spending a lot more time at home maybe they're working from home more it's so easy to just be eating all day and a lot of people do it out of boredom and when i ask them like especially with nighttime snacking it's like why do you you know why do you think you you snack so much at night and most of the time it's not actually because they're hungry Uh, most of the time people acknowledge that but it's more so a boredom or habitual thing so um, it does take some practice but it is good to, to just pay attention to your body and see how you feel. You don't wanna be forcing food down your body if you're already full and you don't need to be eating. So typically what I advocate, everyone's a little different, but try to focus on three meals a day to start. So having a solid breakfast, lunch, dinner. If you are truly hungry in between, it's okay to snack. But oftentimes you're not actually hungry and you can do much better with just some solid meals and giving your digestive system a chance to rest in between. So that's one of the issues with constant food intake is that your digestive system never really has a chance to to rest and repair.
0: Yeah. Um, I think too, in in society with us having such accessibility to food all the time, we aren't comfortable with the feeling of being hungry anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like that little cue of hunger means eat uh, to a lot of people. And like you said, we, we don't ever give our digestive system a rest, a break. Um, and just ancestrally, we didn't have food all the time. Mm -hmm. If you like hunter gatherers, like you had to hunt and gather, (laughs) you know, it wasn't, there was, there wasn't proper refrigeration and freezer systems. Some days were huge feast, 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 but then there were periods of fasting between meals or, or lengthy, like more like days um and that is okay so a lot of times we have live in the system where we just constantly feel like we we can't live with that hunger cue um it is something to get used to and of course if you have a history of an eating disorder or this is very triggering for you then maybe this is something that you can work more closely with with a with a doctor and and just just have that support um but but it's just something to be aware of for sure
1: yeah okay and then um Yeah, so we talked about not not eating all the time, only eating when you're hungry. Um, So now we can move on to how to eat. So still, we're not talking about what you eat yet, which again, people like to jump right to that. But I would say start with these other two first, and then you can start to figure out uh, what to eat. So how to eat? I would say the most important thing is to be in a relaxed state, also what we call a parasympathetic state. So your nervous system has these um, two different branches. One is your sympathetic, which is kind of like your fight or flight. So if you think about that feeling when um, you're, you're kind of jacked up, so maybe when you get scared or something, if someone scares you, what happens? Your your blood pressure increases, your pupils dilate, your heart rate increases, and you're not thinking about digesting. That's the last thing you want to do. And there are appropriate times for that, but in today's society, we, we tend to be caught up in that state often. So whether it's just work stress or life stress in general, we're running around like uh, chickens with their head cut off <laughs> and we're just in this constant state of stress. And when you're stressed, your body can't digest. So we need to be in this parasympathetic state, which is also called the rest and digest state, in order, to, in order for our bodies to fully digest. So um, as I kind of alluded to at the beginning, there's, the digestive system is, is extremely complex. So you have your chewing, you have your stomach acid production, you have your pancreatic enzyme production, your small intestine needs to do some work, large intestine and like there's so many things that go on and it can only really happen when your body is in this relaxed state so it's very important to to make sure you are relaxed when you're eating
0: yeah and, and pra- like giving a practical solution for this obviously reducing your stress and, and increasing your your stress management coping skills is so vitally important vitally important and I would love to do a podcast on that in the future. Way too much to get into um, in this little digestive episode. But something practically that you can you can do if if you are kind of stressed and moving from task to task all day and 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 juggling, which is what a lot of us do, is just sit down before you eat and take ten deep belly breaths. Even six deep belly breaths. Um, even three. Even three. <laughs> even one. <laughs> just. Deep belly breath trigger to the to the body that you are safe, and it it shifts you out of that sympathetic that go 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 state into that state of parasympathetic, right? So that's so so important to do before you start eating, before you even take your first bite, just to tell your body, hey, I'm safe now. Okay, this is this is my safe place. We're at the dinner table, and and that brings up another good point: is is make the make the dinner table a safe place, right? Your body remembers in certain places, um, thing things you know. When you sit down at your desk, your body just automatically turns on, right? So there's, the, there's like that energetic imprint at, the, at your computer desk. Same with hopefully in bed. You, you know, you, your body knows what to do once it gets into bed. You can do the same thing with your kitchen table. You can tell, you can start to tell your body, it is safe here. This is where I rest. This is where I digest. This is where we have really friendly conversation with my loved ones. I love sitting at this dinner table because my body knows exactly what to do. Um, so starting to do those deep breaths before, before you eat is so, so vitally important to help you to get into that relaxed state. And another thing on the relaxed state is that we, we need to know that electronics, um, they're very stimulating to the body. Even if it is a relaxing show that you like to watch, the, the simple act of being distracted, there, there's, a, there's a saying in traditional Chinese medicine, mi dao, Qi dao, where your mind goes, Qi follows. So if your mind is distracted, if your mind is somewhere like on the TV or on an electronic, your chi is following your chi is up in the head. So what we want to do is really focus on the food, focus on the food in front of you and eat in a non distracted state so that your chi can actually move into your digestive system to help with digestion. This is so, so important, especially for kids. I see a lot of pediatric patients in, in, in practice and a lot of them come in with constipation and and this simple recommendation of removing the distractions while while they eat and allowing them to focus on their food and on their digestion while they eat helps drastically it's amazing kids are so so responsive to this so um, yeah, so, so trying to reduce the, the distractions, I would say make this a non-negotiable. It's easy to get into the habit of watching something while we eat, but it's so important to, to put the screens down and give yourself a break from the screens just to really focus on digestion, digestion while you're eating.
1: Yeah, and another aspect of that when you're eating is um, to eat slowly and actually chew your food properly and enjoy mm-hmm. it. A lot of people just scarf down their food and they don't even remember, you know, eating um, because they're so detached from that process of eating. So it's difficult. It's a very difficult habit to break. But one thing you can do is when you have that first bite. So after you take some deep breaths, you're relaxed and you have that first bite of food. Chew it like very thoroughly. Just get into the habit of like really, you know, chewing it 30, 40 times. And then from there hopefully you can remember to be that mindful for the rest of the meal sometimes you don't but that's fine but at least you know start to get in that, that the habit of doing that one thing that other people find very helpful is just using chopsticks so it, it really limits your ability to eat quickly um, unless you're really good with chopsticks yeah. but, <laughs> um, or, or using like smaller utensils even even like small things like that can make a big difference but it ultimately comes down to being more mindful about what you're eating and really just enjoying your food like food is meant to be enjoyed so don't scarf it down uh, you know like a wild animal just sit there and actually enjoy the food you're eating and that that alone will have such a big impact on improving your digestion
0: yeah another thing that that really helps is to limit your liquids with with when you're eating with meals so oftentimes um we have a big glass of water. This is where we get our, our big uh, our water intake because we're sitting down, so we're finally remembering to eat and drink. Uh, but what that does is remember the the image of a digestive fire. This actually pouring water into the digestive fire can actually dim the fire, right? So uh, put it out a little bit. And in and, and re- and physiologically, it's just diluting the stomach acid. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important not to have big big gulps of liquid while you're eating to help with that digestion. And these things, again, sound so, so simple. And you might feel like, no, I'm fine. That I always drink a big glass of water with, with my meals and I always feel fine. But what we encourage you to do is just try it because you, you never know how good you could feel, right? That, and that, that's so important for me. The way I used to live, I didn't have any digestive symptoms, but I, would, I wouldn't, didn't follow all of these recommendations. And then once I started to implement them, my life changed. Like, it, like it's systemic. Right. So yeah, give it a, give it a shot.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people walk around having like constant gas or bloating or they say, uh, oh no, I don't have any digestive issues. But then they say they have heartburn like, you know, multiple times a week. That's not normal. Those are imbalances in your digestive system. And obviously on occasion, you're going to have some things here and there, but, um, a lot of people don't realize that they do have a low level digestive insufficiency and sometimes it's just as easy as as implementing some of these small things
0: yeah for me it was just constant fatigue i Mm -hmm. was so tired all the time and and this i think fixing this was a huge huge um step in, in the right direction for my my fatigue my energy levels
1: So last one for how to eat is with others. So I know this isn't always, um, achievable, but when you can, you should eat with, with other people, um, you know, find your community. It could be friends, family, whoever, but sit down and enjoy meals with other people, um, because food is meant to be shared. It's meant to be a social aspect. If you think about our hunter gatherer days, there'd be very few times when you'd be eating alone, right? You'd be celebrating a good harvest, um, you know, maybe a successful hunt or a good gather and eating together in community is, is important when you can. So
0: in the book, I'm reading a beautiful book called braiding sweet grass. I believe it was in this book now that I'm saying it, I hope it's in the book, but I believe she was saying that, um, whenever you, you set a meal, um, she, Uh, she was was coming across a culture that whenever you set a meal, you always set an extra place for somebody just in case somebody comes by because it's so it's an honor to be able to share your food and share a meal with with somebody else. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. So last but not least is what we eat.
1: This is what everyone's been waiting for. Yeah. We're gonna have a slightly disappointing answer, I think. Oh, no. Be- because <laughs> everyone uh, has their own unique um, nutritional needs. So no two people are going to be eating the exact same diet, right? It's, it's different for everyone. So generally, though, we want to be eating real food. It sounds very simple. It's not not very sexy, but eating real unprocessed foods. The more we get away from uh, you know natural foods that you'd find in your environment, the more we process things, the more difficult they become for our body to digest because they're more foreign. So generally, eating whole foods. We'll do, uh, I'm sure, several more episodes on nutrition and, and dive into some specifics on that. But ultimately, it's helpful to work with a naturopathic doctor or someone else who is, um, you know, holistically oriented who can help you determine your individual needs. Um, and you know, identifying certain food sensitivities is very helpful. Uh, but that's kind of the baseline we always want to be starting off eating good quality food look for quality first and then you can refine from there
0: yeah
1: okay uh, I thought you were gonna talk about the next part but I will I'll take yeah, it as well
0: honestly I don't want to because you're much better at the at okay. food combining so still learning
1: okay <laughs> so so with digestive issues in particular you want to be mindful of your food combinations so typically the more complex the meal is. So when you start adding more and more foods, it's it's more difficult for your digestive system to break it down. So if you think about having something that's high in protein, that requires a lot of uh, stomach acid. Whereas um, high carbohydrate foods, they, they don't necessarily need as much of an acidic environment. They need more alkaline, more of an alkaline environment to, um, to be properly absorbed. So once you start adding more and more things and combining different proteins and fruits and all these different things, it can become much more difficult for your uh, body to, to handle those things. Now, if you have a strong digestive fire, which is the ultimate goal, it's not gonna make as big of a difference, but definitely if you're suffering with digestive issues, you wanna keep things simple. So it's it's you know it's, it can be boring at times, but what I often recommend is choose your protein source. Just pick one, so you don't wanna be combining multiple proteins. So that could be your chicken, beef, um, if, if you're, having vegetarian sources. It could be lentils or beans, that sort of thing. Uh, Seafood doesn't really matter. So pick one of those. And then, uh, you know, one or two other vegetables or maybe a vegetable and a grain. You don't want to be combining, you know, way too many things at once because then it becomes more difficult, especially for you to figure out what's working and what isn't working for your body. If you're trying to determine what's causing you issues and you're eating 10 things every meal, it's going to be very difficult to pinpoint it. So it's good to just keep things simple. And in terms of general food combining, one thing um, that they often mention is don't have a lot of fruits with meals. So fruits are very easily digestible. So you want to have those on their own and you don't want to be combining multiple fruits with each other. Um, And as I said, don't be combining multiple protein sources. So just pick one. Um, And generally, you know, you can get lost in, you know, all these complex, all the complexities, but just try to eat more simply if you're having issues. And once your digestive fire gets a little, you know a little hotter so to speak then you can increase the complexity without issues
0: yeah and next we want to talk about cooking your food and uh, or eating warm foods so when we think about that fire we always want to be kind of stoking it with with warm warm foods warm well-cooked foods um not you know cold or damp um types of foods so what we mean by that is is and this will actually change, too, with the seasons, because when the sun is stronger in the summer, you can get away with a little bit more of a raw, uh, raw foods. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll notice that even if you're in the summer having, let's say, a raw smoothie. So so lots of fruits, um, throwing in maybe raw kale or spinach, um, mixing that up with some ice water, maybe even and then drinking that in the summer you might find that that's that goes down totally fine but then as we move into the colder months where the sun is uh, gets a, a little bit uh, farther away uh, the angle changes then what happens is that our des- digestive fire actually follows and when we have something super cold and raw on the system you can feel like very bloated or very tired afterwards so um especially in the winter it's important to to cook your foods and 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 um um yeah and have them warm as as much as possible to continue to help that digestive fire
1: yeah for sure so if you your body is basically going to need to cook food to uh, to reach the internal temperature of your body if it's raw right so you're going to have to expend that digestive energy to get it you know up up to the proper heat but why not outsource that to actual cooking right so you can use your fire or your stove whatever you're using to cook your food first and then your body doesn't have to work as hard to absorb that nutrition
0: yeah
1: right um, another thing if if your digest digestive system is very compromised um, having things that are blended can help too so you know chewing is very important and and has lots of benefits to eat you know, real whole food and and chew it properly. But sometimes you just need to go to something a little more basic and things that are kind of pureed or are already broken down for you. So again, you're outsourcing some of that digestion. um, So your body doesn't have to work as hard.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is probably actually the moment that everyone's been waiting for. (laughs) (laughs) Um herbs and supplements. So there are, there are a ton of supplements and herbs that can help with digestion. Um, it's never anywhere that we like to start, um, or load up on, I should say, because of the other fundamentals that we've already gone through, gone through are so, so important and cannot be overlooked. Uh, it's foundational to, to your digestive health and and the rest of your health as well. But there are lots of supplements and herbs that can help, um, one that i really like is uh something simple that we may even have our, in the fridge already apple cider vinegar apple cider vinegar can actually help to increase your body's own um, digestive juices by take when you take a, um, some apple cider vinegar before or with a meal and it's relatively cheap. Um, as long as you can tolerate the taste, it's doable. You just have to dilute it with some water um, because it can be quite strong. But it has a positive feedback on, on your own digestive juices to increase your own production of your digestive juices. And the other reason I really like it is because the more you do it and the longer you do it, um, it can actually help to increase your body's own production so that you, you don't get reliant on it. It's basically worked backwards um, so that you can actually wean off of it and you don't need it for the rest of your life. Um, for those who don't like apple cider vinegar, then I, then I recommend hydrochloric acid um, tablets, but dosing can be kind of tricky on that. So I'd work with a naturopathic doctor.
1: What kind of dosing are we talking on the apple cider vinegar? One cup, two cups? Uh,
0: no, <laughs> generally. Uh, but this one, is one not
1: te- medical advice. Yes,
0: <laughs> one teaspoon usually mixed in a shot glass with some water.
1: Yeah, you don't need much. Um, Another thing that's similar to apple cider vinegar is bitters. So there's a lot of very bitter herbs, and you can get them in an already alcohol-extracted form. And you really don't need much, maybe a dropper full, sometimes less. And similarly, you take it before a meal or um, during, and that bitter taste helps to stimulate uh, your digestive system. It also helps with liver function. So there's plenty of benefits, and it's a very uh, cost-effective alternative um, but that can be very good and it helps you kind of get into that parasympathetic state like yeah. we talked about. So adding that to your routine of, okay, I'm sitting down, having some bitters, taking a few deep breaths, and your body really gets used to, um, you know, priming your digestive system to be ready to intake this food properly.
0: Yeah. And when Andrew s- says that could be very good, he does not mean good tasting.
1: Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bitters do not typically it, taste good.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately. And Unfortunately, because of the taste, you actually do need to taste it in order to get the benefit. You can't just take it in a capsule. Um, the The benefit actually comes from it touching your tongue. Yeah. So, and why I like bitters too is sometimes if you if you have a very weak um, digestion, often your body will will tell you by saying don't eat right low low appetite throughout the day because it, it the body's just like oh i can't tolerate another meal so i like i like bitters as well to stimulate digestion in those with with a very low low digestive fire because it helps with the digestive fire and then so you if you take it like 20 minutes before a meal <clears throat> even just like a few drops, like five drops of it on your tongue, um, you'll actually feel your stomach start to gurgle and start to get ready for for the upcoming meal.
1: Another one that that is very helpful, um, I think also, though, there, there's a lot of kind of noise in, the, in this industry, but probiotics, so those can be very helpful, but it depends on, um, you know, which strains you're using and, and what's going to be most appropriate for your body. So you don't want to just be taking like, or, uh, listening to blanket recommendations about probiotics is going to be different for everyone, and we like to get it through f- food first, if possible. So eating fermented foods as much as you can. Um, Sauerkraut is very simple to make; it's an easy one. If you tolerate dairy, something like yogurt can be very helpful. Um, Kimchi is another one. Even apple cider vinegar has some probiotics. Kombucha—like there's there's plenty of options to get food-based uh, products. But then there are some supplemental ones too that can also be very helpful. And um, basically. We'll talk about microbiome health at another time more in depth, but you just want to be taking care of the, the microbes in your body because that's another very important part to digestion that we didn't even talk about yet. But those microbes are helping to break break down um, food and creating different byproducts that, that our body uptakes and uses. So um, always got to take care of the microbiome.
0: Yeah. And one other herb um, that is that is excellent and you often see it, especially in, in uh, Indian restaurants, they have a bowl um, or a candy of fennel, uh, fennel seeds. And and that is a very cost effective, um, easy way that you can help with digestion is just chewing on some fennel seeds. They kind of taste like black licorice, um, but not horrible if you don't like black. I don't like black lic- licorice, but I, I don't mind the taste of fennel. And, yeah. yeah. Chewing on them can ha- actually help with your digestive function as well.
1: Yeah, especially when you're bloated. So after a meal or you feel like you've had too much to eat, potentially, um, just chewing on some of those. They have It's called a carminative action in uh, botanical medicine, which helps to decrease um, gas and bloating. Yeah.
0: And then there's lots of other supplements and herbs that are very patient specific based on, based on uh, what you're experiencing um, and, and a combination of, of, of what your body is trying to tell us. Um, so we always recommend, again, working with a naturopathic doctor um, or somebody holistically minded because it can be so, so helpful to, to really target what is right for you.
1: Yes, for sure. One thing that I would, I would say is, is pretty generally good for, for everyone is ginger tea. That's uh, very well tolerated, very safe, and having some of that again, you wouldn't want to have a large amount with meals, but that can just by the taste alone, you can feel that it is very warming, and particularly for the digestive system, um, helps with a lot of things. So you said ginger, yeah, yeah, yeah ginger
0: and, tea. and chamomile. While yep. we're on it,
1: yeah, chamomile, <laughs> very easy. Those are you know simple things you can find, very accessible and, and cost effective. So yeah, all right, so I think that's it for today.
0: Yeah, let's thank you wrap for it listening.
1: What are we talking about next time?
0: Ooh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe light. Maybe we should get into light because that's the foundation for a lot of the other things that we talk about. So if we put out an episode on it, then people can follow along as we continue to kind of dive into it or relate it to other other topics.
1: Sounds good. And if you guys have any topics that you'd like to hear about, we'd love to hear. So please let us know. And we're, um, yeah, we're open to all suggestions.
0: Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye.